welcome to The Kitchen Table, a podcast about where business is done. So pull up a chair and join your host, Ken Baden. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Kitchen Table, which is part two, while I'm in Greece, of my story, where I came from, but really here today, how I put actionable steps uh, or excuse me, the actionable steps that I took to get to where I am and what I plan to do in the future. So uh, as you all know, where I left off, I was completely broken. I had no bank account. I had no credit. My credit was sub 400s. Um, well, I mean, I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing. I was sleeping outside. I had no vehicle that had been repoed. I was in what felt like a mountain of debt. Um, you know, my dad thought it was a good idea for me to declare bankruptcy. And so did I, frankly, I didn't see myself getting out of this hole, man. I mean, I owed everybody, every card, every phone, every, you know, I did payday loan, all kinds of chaos, right? I mean, I just didn't think I was coming back. Okay. Uh, where I left off was when I decided the last, the last night uh, that I slept outside in August 23rd of 2017, and I walked to the hospital the next morning and asked for some help. They ended up sending me to rehab. And honestly, man, I had done that probably nine or 10 times at this point. Okay. Uh, probably two weeks in, I don't know. I mean, some clarity, maybe the depths of this bottom, uh, that I never thought I would ever get to again, post the Salisbury homeless run. I'm like, Geez, here we are again, man, you know, uh, and it doesn't feel like it's possible to get out of this, but here I am. I didn't think I was going to be alive. I didn't plan on living. Uh, I lived my life that way, but here I am. I'm alive. So, what are we going to do? Right? Are we going to are we going to end it all, or are we going to put our foot down and say, "All right, dude, we got to do something about. It. We got to face this. We got to do something." Okay, and that is the path that I tro- chose, and that's what I would suggest. By the way, anyone that's listening to this, if you have someone in your life that is dealing with uh, you know, opiate abuse or any drug abuse or alcohol abuse. I can speak from personal experience that trying to do anything for them, you know, there's nothing that can be done for us. It has to be us. We have to feel that pain, unfortunately. And sometimes we don't make it. And I know that's the scary part. You know, I know we want to, we want to, so everybody was always trying to save us, but the only person that can save us is us. Right. And we got to get our ass kicked to the point where we feel it so much that the pain is greater than the desire to do the things that we really want to do, right? Once the pain is great enough, and that's, dude, pain is a, is, a, is a hell of a motivator. It's still true in my life today. When the pain gets good enough, excuse me, when the pain gets great enough, I will do something. I'll take action, right? I will take corrective measures when the pain is great enough. I'm like, okay, it's just what's that threshold for pain these days? It's a little lower than it was earlier. Um, you know what I mean? I don't have to burn it all down before I take some real actionable steps towards corrective measures. So first things first, I made a decision and I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do something. I'm going to stand on my fucking own two feet because I had always been bailed out by somebody, my grandmother. I had always weaseled my way back into somebody giving me another chance. And I had finally burnt it all down. There were no more chances. There was nobody coming to save me. There was nobody coming to bail me out. It was me standing on my own two feet, man up, make shit happen, get shit done, or fucking just 
go jump off a cliff, you know, and I'm not telling anyone to do that. This is where my thought process was, was I either needed to just give up. And what would that mean? You know, like what does giving up look like? There are really only two options, you know, death or more pain. Honestly, my biggest fear was not death that I had already accepted. My biggest fear was that I wouldn't die and I would be resound to living like that, which is existing in pain, knowing perpetually that you are, you hurt the people that you love. You are a disappointment. You are hurting them, even if it's just stealing their peace on a daily basis, no matter what, by your existence, the longer you're out there, that is a miserable place to be. You just exist and you know your existence brings pain to the people you love. That was my biggest fear. And it's still my biggest fear. If that is my existence. I don't want it. I don't want it. I'd rather just be gone. So it was that fear or do something, do something, right? Take action. I hear a lot of people tell me today, man, dude, you are a massive action taker, massive action taker. That's because, and I think I credit this to the single greatest action and measure I've ever taken, which is deciding to stand on my own two fucking feet and do something, do something about the state of my life. Take some fucking ownership of where my life was at. Stop blaming everybody else. It was me. I made all those decisions. Yeah, I, you know, I got in a car accident. Shit happens. I was prescribed some pills that I probably should have never been prescribed. So were millions of other people. Okay. None of that really fucking matters because I, the reality is, is here I am. This is where I'm at. What am I going to do about it? Right. What am I going to do about it? So I committed to, if nothing else, trying, right? Trying, trying. I found, uh, you know, a 12 step program and I was committed to like, look, I'll, I'll tell you what, I want to go in there. I'll try it. Um, you know, I'll do the work. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, whatever. Right. So I get in and what I can tell you is I started like morning routines and things like that. I started investing in myself. Once I committed to that, I had a mindset shift and I was like, okay, we're going to fight. We're going to fight. So what can I do? I'm a big tools guy. Right. So I start reading this book, reading that book, right. I'm reading the Bible even, right. I start reading uh, scripture every morning, right. To get myself in a, I start, and here's the biggest paradigm shift and something that I really credit to a lot of my success today. I started to ask for help. What a fucking concept. My ego was long gone, long gone. And I was desperate and in need of help. And so I asked for it for years before this. I kept trying to fix everything on my own. I kept trying to fix everything on my own. I didn't want to ask for help. I wanted to will myself to it. Finally, I was broken enough. Like, look, dude, if you have the answers, please give them to me. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. And so I started becoming somebody who would ask for help. And the second that I was giving suggestions, I took those as to-dos. You know what I mean? I didn't take suggestions as, well, you know, all right, I'll, I'll give my, no, I took that. Okay. I want literal, what do I do? And I took them and I listened to them and I put action behind them, which is obviously so important because if you don't put action behind it, it doesn't fucking mean anything. So I started doing things like reading, you know, spiritual literature in the morning. I started working these, these steps of the program that I was on. And, you know, next thing you know, um, I'm, I'm asking for help to get into a halfway house and asking for, Hey, I don't have any money. I have no, nothing. I can't even get a bank account. Okay. Well, the state provides and has this funding opportunity. I'm able to get that done, do that on my own. Um, you know, which shouldn't be a big thing, but brother, where I was at, that was a big thing. So, you know, I, I arranged to get state funding. I arranged to get help with, 
food stamps. I had nothing. I had no money. There was no way I was going to come out and be successful with that hanging over me, man. So thank God for these programs. You know, we shit on stuff like that a lot. I'm coming from where I come from. I can tell you there are people out there, maybe not a lot, but there are people out there that use those things and depend on those things. And I can tell you, I was one of them because there was no way I was getting into that house coming from homeless uh, wreck with no bank account, no, no license, no ID, no nothing, right? I had no documents supporting I was a human, right? I couldn't get a job if I wanted to. I didn't have a car, didn't have a license. My license was suspended. I didn't have a copy of my license. Didn't have a bank account. Couldn't get a bank account. My credit was sub 400s. I mean, it was bad, right? Um, but you know what? I got the funding that I needed through the state, through food stamps, through different you know programs. Went into this halfway house. Somebody was kind enough because I asked. I went somewhere. I put my hand up and I made it be known. Like, look, man, I need a job. I need something. I don't care what it is. I'm looking for work. If you know anyone who's looking for work, or excuse me, if you know anybody who has it, the answer is yes, I'll do it. I get woken up the next morning at 4 a.m. Uh, by a kid in the house who's like, hey, man, you know, you raised your hand last night, so-and-so saw. He says he needs two guys today. Can you paint? Yep, I can paint. So I go paint that day. And I've painted before, but I'm not much of a handyman. Long story short, the guy likes my attitude, likes my work ethic, and he ends up keeping me over the other guy. That other guy, unfortunately, ends up relapsing and he, he may or may not be doing well today, but the gentleman taught me some really valuable lessons. And look, man, your attitude and your work ethic are why I picked you, even though you don't have the experience. And if you keep that attitude up, you're going to go places. And that man picked me up every single day and drove 30 minutes out of his way to pick me up and drop me off. So an hour a day he spent taking me to and from home, also paying me, never taxing me for gas. And he didn't really need me all those days, but he made sure I had work while I needed it. And I never forgot that. And I was so grateful for that. So that brings me to the first point, gratitude, immense gratitude. Gratitude for me is so important as it, it, it pertains to success. Gratitude is so important. And for me, the seed was planted right then, right there. I remember having nothing, nothing, but I had this job where I got paid under the table, a couple bucks an hour from a guy that picked me up every day. I had no license, no nothing, but I had a roof over my head. I didn't have to figure out where I was staying. You know, I had funding for another month. I had, you know, kind of some peace in knowing like, okay, I'm, I'm here for a month. I have time to save up. I've got food stamps. I've got food and shelter and a job paying me a little bit under the table. I'm, I'm very grateful. And I had a very odd sense of peace that I remember like, dude, I need to hold on to this because I need to remember that I'm okay with like nothing, nothing. My, my family was starting to talk to me again. That was worth more than anything could bring to me. And so, you know, little by little, you know, I get another job. I get the license unsuspended. And so gratitude was the actionable step that was step one, kind of right. That that gratitude. I not it is 100 percent step one. Because I can't tell you how many guys I've met that don't have an ounce of it and they go nowhere. Nowhere. Gratitude is everything. So I think gratitude ultimately is the first reason, you know, why I was able to get to where I was able to get to in the time that I was able to get there, right? Because you have to understand in six years time, five years time, brother, and five years time, I went from completely homeless, homeless, burnt out, uh, no bank account, a bank wouldn't give me an account to a house by myself purchased in Annapolis, Maryland, and one of the nicer neighborhoods in Annapolis, Maryland. If you know anything about that, you know that that isn't easy. 
right? A bank deciding that they're going to let me purchase a home in, in Annapolis, Maryland, uh, arguably a dream home, completely refurbish that home, completely uh, renovate that home. And um, two, three businesses, multiple vehicles, like just it's insane, man. When I really think about it, how far and how much things have changed in such a short time and my circle and the people that I talk to and the people that I call friends and where I'm going and where my future holds, how that happens in that kind of time is what I'm referring to right now, right? So number one, it's gratitude, gratitude. Number two, um, you know, I was, I was grateful and I remain grateful still. And the more grateful you are, the more you, the more God gives you to be grateful for. My friend Ibrahim Hussein always says that. So, first thing is, I was immensely grateful for what I had, immensely grateful, and everything I got, and the next little step, everything I got from that point on, I was so grateful, so grateful, so grateful. Right? I had an attitude of gratitude, and I showed that. Right? People want to help grateful people. By the way, people want to give you a shot when you're grateful just the thought process, right? So I, uh, and I had a great work ethic, right? I was not above doing anything. I was willing to do whatever, whenever, however, as long as you were to, you know, give me a chance, right? And so uh, I end up getting another job after I get the license unsuspended, after I get the license back because I couldn't get it back before I got it. It's long story. So get the license, get it unsuspended, get a copy of it, buy a truck through that first job, four, 900 bucks cash, then get the new job, get a raise at that job because I bought the truck, right? And all this is happening like the first six months. And this truck is a little S10 with like 300,000 miles on it. But I was able to buy it for 900 bucks cash and it got me the raise at work because all, all they said was, look, you need a truck. You need a truck, we'll give you a raise. So I saved up, bought a truck within a couple of weeks, saved up another 900 bucks because we went on a work trip that week uh, to North Carolina. So I didn't have to bring the truck. Um, Actually, I did, but I was able, no, I can't remember. Either way, I was able to save up as a result of that trip to get the truck fixed for another 900 bucks. That truck lasted me a year, which got me the raise, which got me enough money to pay my debts off. And then I started paying off bills little by little, one day at a time, one step at a time, and holding myself accountable, right? There was nobody else to blame. There was nowhere else to look. I had to start cleaning up things one elephant, excuse me, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So I started paying off all of my debts. I owed those people money. That was their money, not my money. You know, the money I had was their money. That was a debt that, that was owed to them and I needed to pay it back, right? And so uh, I started paying off all of my debts little by little. And within two years time, I was out of those debts. I've accumulated since new debt, but all of my old outstanding debts were taken care of and it only took me about a year, man, right? So it was uh, gratitude. It was hard work, right? It was day in, day out, the commitment to do the work necessary, right? The little things, the, the, the not glamorous things, right? The hard fucking work. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I understand that immensely. No matter what it was I was doing, I don't give a shit if it was installing retrofitting lights I don't care if it was handyman. I brought that hard work ethic, that fucking, I no one's out going, no one is going to outwork me attitude to every job I had in the last five years, to every step I took. And it got me where I am here today. 
right? And it wasn't soon. It was about, excuse me, it wasn't long. It was about 18 months in with an attitude of gratitude and a maintained attitude of gratitude and hard work, a great work ethic. So gratitude, a great work ethic, no matter what it was, it didn't matter. I've been broken down to where I was above nothing, right? No matter what it was, I was bringing my best work ethic to it. And then finally, you know, 18 months later, I'm able to, I get back into the sales world, right? Because it's what I always do. And I start getting some confidence back. My confidence is coming back. And I think confidence is such a powerful thing. I think we don't give confidence enough credence, man. Confidence is everything because especially in sales, if you're not confident, man, you're not going to be very successful at all in sales. Confidence comes from knowledge, from knowledge of your product, from knowing what you're talking about, from uh, knowing that you know what you're talking about. So you feel like you're the expert and that then is going to translate in your body movements, your mannerisms, the way people perceive the way you sit, the way your, your face looks, all of that plays, right? And it all comes from knowing what you're talking about, looking good, feeling good. You're working out, you're taking care of yourself. By the way, I'm doing this the whole time. I start by doing push-ups and sit-ups in my room because I couldn't afford a gym membership. The second I could afford a gym membership, I was in the gym day in, day out taking care of myself. So I start working on myself mentally, physically, spiritually. I'm going to, I'm doing things, um, you know, like these meetings and so on. And and then once I get what I needed to get out of that, that program, now my focus switched from giving it back. And I start working with other guys in those programs and start picking them up and taking them. And I'm doing all of this while I'm doing the things I need to do to get back on my own feet. And I've never stopped doing those things, by the way. Some of my uncompromising calendar events are uh, still doing those things, right? Going back, bringing, you know, I go to different, it's an anonymous program. So that's why I kind of get hung up when I'm talking about it. But, uh, you know, I, I, I give back time weekly, every week to taking, you know, events and, and speaking engagements into these places where people need to hear them. and. That is something that I plan to do for the rest of my life because it's something that also helps me. Okay. Um, and so for me, that's a big part of it, but giving back and, you know, bringing people up and lifting people up. And it's not just I've mentored people in the business space and things like that as well. But that for me is a must. I've got to have a bigger purpose, a higher purpose, man. It can't just be money. So uh, at this point, I'm, I'm back in the sales game. Then I get then I get a, I get found out that I'm back in the game, right? Because I've been in this game for a long time and, you know, guys start to realize that I'm back and that I'm, I'm kind of really back, right? I'm not the mess that everybody, cause everybody knows your business, by the way, you know, I'm also very open about it, but anybody fucking knows, you know, when you're from a smaller town or an area with social media and stuff, people know, right? People know. So, you know, and they love to watch the downfall. They love to see it. And I hate to say it, man, but it's like the society today, you know, it's like they're they're more eager to jump on the negative and then they love to see people just fucking fall apart. It's sad and it's disgusting, but it's the truth. It's like they're more eager to pounce on the opportunity to shit on you and talk shit and watch your fall and watch your downfall. And even when you're fighting for success or you're 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 starting to chase a dream, they'll support it in the beginning, but it's like they're counting on that falling apart. They're counting on the failure. And when it starts to get closer and closer to you getting it, the more and more they fucking hate because they were really just wanting to see you fall apart. They'll support the chase, 
but they don't want to see you actually get it. Most, most, unfortunately, I don't know about most, but there are a lot of people that are like that. A lot of people, a lot of people in society today that are like that. And even friends of mine that I thought were my friends uh, were like that, right? They were there when I was, uh, when I was struggling and they were, you know, but once I started to kind of come back around, then I'm back in sales and I'm back and so I'm starting to get some success all of a sudden. Well, hold on, man, you're doing too much. Fuck that. You know what I mean? Fuck that. I'm busting my ass and I'm just getting started. So I get back in sales. I get thrust in and get, I get offered right, you know, pretty quickly, a couple months in a VP role and with a startup. And, uh, and look, man, that was a disaster. But what it did was every single, you know, leveling up period I brought with me hard, the hard work and good work ethic that I brought to the handyman job, right? Or ditch digging didn't matter. I brought that same intensity and work ethic, no matter where I went, that same passion, no matter where I went. And passion is palpable. If you are passionate, if your energy is fucking on fire, I swear to God, you will touch a room in a way that some people just can't ever hope to, you know, if you've got something to be passionate about. And I did, I had come from the fucking gutter and here I am again, putting on a button up suit and a tie and I'm sitting back in a sales room and I've got men around me that I've hired and I hadn't had this in a few years and I didn't think I was going to be alive to ever see this again. You're goddamn right. I had something to be fired up about. So now I'm VPing a startup and look, we had some short term success, real success, great success. You know, I can't say the same for ownership. I'm not going to go in and bag on them, but it just didn't work out. But we had our success. And what it told me was that I was, I was capable, you know, and here's the other thing, by the way, gratitude, a unflinching, unwavering commitment to having an excellent work ethic, right? So gratitude, a great work ethic. And then, uh, damn it, where was I going with this, with this next one? Um, passion, being passionate, right? About about whatever it is that you are currently doing. You know what I mean? You, if you're passionate about that, and not everybody is because everybody's doing something that they're truly passionate about. They could be working in the government or union, whatever, right? But I, I believe if you have the rare opportunity to where what you're pursuing, you were genuinely passionate about, man, you know, you, you should be unstoppable. You should be able to light up a room regardless of, I mean, very few people get that opportunity. And if you have it, I encourage you to seize it. But, you know, being truly passionate about what you're involved in. And for me, I was right. It meant so much. And that brings me to my next point. Fear. Gratitude. Had it. Continue to keep it. I apply it every day. It is absolutely one of the best gifts that I got from this entire thing. I was humbled. Right. And I have developed an, an extreme sense of gratitude work ethic, applying that hard, good quality, unflinching worth at work ethic to no matter what I was doing, no matter what job it was, passion, and then fear, the, the removal of fear from my life. I removed, fear was removed from my life the moment I committed to fighting back, the moment I committed to rebuilding, because it just seemed so insurmountable. I was in so much debt. I had burned so many bridges. Nobody was talking to me. Nobody wanted anything to do with me. They, and they had every right to be that way. I just thought it was over with, right? So the moment I committed to doing something about that, I told fear to go fuck itself. 
And I think that is my greatest strength today is that fear holds us back from all the things that we want to do. Think about it. You know, I look at guys like Logan Paul and I look at these influencers and I look at these people that they're these guys, these guys that I want to be. I'm not saying I want to be Logan Paul, but I'm just using that as an example. What do these guys have? And some of them might have money, but the ones that come from nothing, what do these people have that we don't? The difference is they said, fuck off to fear. They didn't care what anyone thought. And they went and did whatever had to be done and didn't care if anybody laughed or made fun of them until it was done. They just, they did it. They actually did the work. They didn't let fear hold them back. So I could give anyone any piece of advice, the freedom that I've gotten. That's what ultimately I think is the biggest savior here is that I, I, I was, have, I had fear removed. Fear was removed as a result of this. Uh, I developed an immense sense of gratitude an immense passion for the opportunity that I was given. Um, another chance at working with people, especially in the sales arena, something I'm genuinely passionate about. And now I have a company or companies where I can bring people in, give them opportunities, show them what it's like to work for somebody who truly cares for them and truly wants to see them succeed and level up with them, right? I want to bring these folks up with me. I want to see them change their lives and watch their families be impacted. And that's the kind of impact I want to have on this world. And that's powerful because the bigger the brand, the more people we can work with, the bigger the company, the more people we can reach and help, the more families we can help. You have that power too. You can do that too. Why not you? Why not you? What's holding you back? I guarantee you it's fear. I guarantee you. So for me, the removal of fear, I had already lived out my worst fear. And so for me, I was like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Who gives a shit what anyone thinks about me? You know what I mean? Like I was sleeping outside. I thought I was dead. I probably should have been a hundred times over. I never thought I was going to come back from this. Who gives a fuck what anyone thinks about me? And I maintain that today. I maintain that today. I have been through and seen and done horrendous stuff and, and lived in existence, a fate worse than death. There's nothing you can say about me or think about me that really is going to ever compare to that. So I don't give a shit, right? I am living a literal dream. And the time since then, by utilizing gratitude on a daily basis, by taking just a literal good work ethic and bringing that in today's world, brother, that beats fucking 90% of your competition. Work ethic is a lost art, right? You got a mean work ethic, you're going to smoke most of these fools. You couple that with gratitude, removal of fear, and a little passion, and you are an unstoppable fucking force of nature. Unstoppable. And if you want an example, fucking watch me over the course of these next six months. Watch me. Watch me. You know, I'm sitting here talking with you guys right now, and I fucking love you guys, man. I'm passionate about this. And you may or you may not like this episode. I don't know. Right? I'm genuinely doing this because... I just got married yesterday, right? This is the two part. So it's still the same session as the episode before. Uh, and I feel so fucking grateful and so passionate about now I have a, a queen that is counting on me to deliver on the promises I made. And when you come from the depths that I come from where everyone had given up and they had, and rightfully so, rightfully so, I did that, right? Uh, but now she believes everything I'm selling. Brother, it's, it's go time, right? And we're going to work together. And we're going to go fucking war together. 
we're going to go to war together. So if you're listening to this, I encourage you, find gratitude in every day, whether it's just waking up, whether it's a make a gratitude list, a genuine gratitude list, find five things that you're thankful for every single day. Five things, write it down, right? Start your day in that. These are simple, actionable strategies, right? Do I have a good work ethic? If I do, am I applying that work ethic in everything I do? Everything. I don't care if it's poop scooping, doing laundry, helping around the house. Take that same work ethic and apply it to everything, right? Am I letting fear hold me back? Because for me, that was the most freeing thing, right? The things that I'm pursuing currently, I had a lot of fear about in the past. Now, fuck it. Who cares? My bigger fear is what if I could have made it and I didn't try? What if I don't try and I never know? That won't happen because I'm always going to try. I have the freedom of having lived out my worst fear. So now I'm, gonna, I'm able to try whatever I want, right? Passion, being passionate about something and pursuing that passion because that is what the world needs more of, man. You bring passion to a room, I'm telling you, it's palpable. The energy from that is palpable. People will respond to that. And if that passion project has anything to do with helping or uplifting people, man, you know what I mean? That's, that's just such a wonderful thing that this world needs a lot more of. So for myself, like I said, I'm looking to build a brand. I'm looking to build a movement. I'm looking to build a few different businesses, but through around those businesses, either lift other people up who know a struggle, whatever that is, or maybe they just don't see the best version of themselves. Doesn't matter. I want to have a positive impact in as many people's lives as I possibly fucking can. And I want to bring those people up and I want to uplift them and help them reach their highest potential because that is what I am in pursuit of. I know my lowest form. I know what that looks like. And I never want to see that again. Now I want to see how high I can go. Now I want to see how great I can be. How good of a man can I be? How good of a person can I be? How great, how in shape can I get? How successful can I be? How great can I take care of my family? How good of a family man can I be? How good of a husband can I be? Because I know, I know what the other side looks like. I have no interest in ever being anything like that ever again. So I love you all. I genuinely hope you got something from this. Um, you know, again, just given the, the state and the, I guess the, the trending nature of these subjects, I've kind of not brought it up in a while, but you know, I just got married yesterday. I'm full of just gratitude and just awe of where my life is today. And in five years, what has transpired? And I'm so excited for the next five years. And I encourage you, if there's anything remotely holding you back, shake that shit off. Examine your circles. That's the other thing I did. And another last piece of advice. I didn't have much of a choice, right? Because I kind of caused myself to be a little bit of a loner, but my real friends who were in that wedding were still there. They were still there. They had to love me from a distance, but they were still there. But my circles became only full of people who were trying to build themselves up. That was it. I didn't want anyone around me that wasn't looking to do that, period. I was committed and dialed in. So I challenge you, what do your circles look like? Are the people around you lifting you up? Are you lifting each other up? Are they just stagnant or are they trying to do the crab mentality and bring you back, bring you down? If it is the latter, you got to fucking get out of that circle. If your circle doesn't challenge you to be better or you are the smartest person and the most successful person in that circle, you need to find some new circles. Find circles that challenge you 
find circles that inspire you, find circles that motivate you. I am telling you right now, networking is the last tool. And I said I was going to say this, but genuinely, this is so important. Networking for me is how I was able to get to where I've gotten to quicker than I probably should have, because I am a huge, huge, huge believer in the power of relationships and the power of networking. And so for me, if I find, okay, I need to get here, but I don't have the time to go through a 10, 15 year, that guy's done it. I'm going to go talk to him and maybe I can expedite that process. And that's what I've done, man. I've been very blessed with some great mentors, but I encourage you, if you see somebody doing what you want to do, reach out, ask questions. You'd be surprised at who might actually answer them. And hopefully some of those people are available within my network and I'm happy to pass those people on to you. So if you're listening to this show, you want access to my network. It's a free group, Blue Collar Ballers Facebook group. Jump in there, check it out. Um, if, if I can be of any help to you, right? Or if you're struggling with any of those things that I talked about, you know, DM me, Kenny Baden on Facebook, Ken Baden Motivation on Instagram right? Um, and it, it, again, higher purpose. Okay. Um, I'm feeling really, like I said, grateful and just immensely, immensely. Um, I don't know. I'm just really excited for the future guys. And I'm, I'm very thankful for you all. I'm looking forward to these future episodes, please. You know, um, I hope you guys like these last two episodes, but remember, uh, this is purely just because I didn't want to rush anyone and my schedule was just so hectic over the last few weeks that uh, rather than, you know, mix up and try to try to rush these uh, these guests that we have on here, I recorded a couple just with myself, talk about where I am at and hopefully give you guys some insight into kind of a little bit more about me. Um, but I hope you found some value in that. When I get back from Greece next week, we'll kick it right back off with some really, really awesome guests. Uh, from the Elliott Group, from Apex, a couple on author and uh, a, uh, a sales consultant uh, that I don't know. So we'll get to know each other on the air. Love you guys so much. And I will see you when I get back. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. It is how new people find the show. Until next time, remember, there's always a seat at the table for business.